0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at stevenscreekchurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. What a great day to be in church. I'd like to welcome all those watching online. You know, if you've been around Stevens Creek very long, you know I like to start with something funny. So here's an old one, but a pretty good one. Did you hear about the senior citizen that just bought a a new uh, Corvette convertible and decided to check it out down I-20? As he was going down I-20, he hit 80 miles an hour. Soon after that, he looked in his rearview mirror. There's a patrolman with blue lights flashing. He got nervous. He just floored it, all of a sudden popped over 100 miles an hour. The patrolman turned on the siren, and eventually the guy calmed down, pulled over to the side. And the patrolman was a little miffed at him, and he walked up and saw he was a senior citizen and said, look, it's Friday afternoon, it's 4.30, I get off in 30 minutes. If you can give me one excuse um, that I've never heard before, then I'll let you go without a ticket. And he said, well, he said, sir, he said, 20 years ago, my wife ran off with a highway patrolman, and I thought you were bringing her back. <laughs> Several years ago, Patty and I were on our way back from Atlanta. Uh, we were going from Atlanta to Augusta, and we were in two different cars. And so Patty was the lead car. The reason she's the lead car, because she always um, concerned that I drive too slow. Okay, I've heard, if I've heard this a hundred times, she said, you can at least drive the speed limit. I hear that frequently. And so anyway, she decided she's going to be the lead car. So we were about halfway here, and uh, we went over a hill, and there are two patrolmen with the blue lights flashing. Now, I didn't get nervous. I didn't slam on brakes Thought I didn't have to. I wasn't speeding. And so I'm just cruising right through there, and then I... I looked up in my rearview mirror and I saw blue lights flashing. I'm thinking, like, I'm the guy that's going slow. Why don't you get Patty? Uh, so I pulled over, and uh, he came up and did the deal. And said, I said, what was what's wrong? And he said, Well, you didn't move over. He said, We have a move over law in Georgia that you got to move over. Never heard of it back then. And so I thought, Well, I'm going to go to court. And so I. Went to I've got my court date to contest the ticket, and I walked into um, the chambers and there's the judge. And I thought, is that a judge or is it Paula Dean? Because she looked like Paula Dean. And so uh, she called me up front and she said, "What do you plea?" I just said, "I plea mercy." She laughed out loud and said, "Where do you work?" I said, "Stevens Creek Church." And she laughed. She said, I want you to tell all of your church members this Sunday about the move-over law in Georgia. And I said, okay. And I'm thinking, she said, I'm going to cut you a break. She said, to find $290. I said, $290? She said, yeah, it should be over $600. And, And anyway, as I turned to walk away, she said one more thing. And she looked at me, and she said, will you pray for me? And I said, I will. And that let me know, in that courtroom that day, whether you're the judge or you're a guilty offender. Everybody in that room that day needs prayer. All of us need prayer. And that's why we've been in 21 days of prayer. Because every one of us are going through things. Or we have people that are close to us that are battling issues or challenges or problems. And we realize that we need a power that is greater than ourselves. And we gather every day to call on the name of the Lord and say, God, come and move in our lives. All of us need prayer. This past Monday, I woke up, and on occasion, I'll wake up with a thought or I'll wake up with a word on my mind or something like that. This Monday, I, uh, past Monday, I woke up, and just one simple word, Surrender. Surrender. I was thinking about that. Just surrender. I started thinking about what does that mean? And and we know that that surrender means to stop resisting and to yield power or control to someone else. It means to give up completely. Every day, you have to decide who's going to control your life. Will it be you or God? Think about that. Every day, you get to decide who's going to control your life, you or God. Over the next few minutes, I want to just talk to you about the prayer of surrender. Now, I call it the prayer of surrender, but you'll probably call it something else. You'll call it the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when the disciples asked him, would you teach us how to pray like you pray? I'll read the whole prayer, but we're really going to just focus on one verse. Matthew 6 and 9 says, This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us From the evil one. We know that is the Lord's Prayer. But today I want to focus on one verse out of the Lord's Prayer. It's verse number 10. It says, Your kingdom come and your will be done. Your kingdom come. Jesus taught his disciples to pray that the kingdom of God would come. Now, when I was younger, I would think, uh, I would hear that phrase and I would think it was talking about heaven. And in some ways it is. It's a prayer for the principles of heaven to be lived out here in us. The principles of heaven to live out in our lives on this earth. Now, when we think about the kingdom of God, we see that word. The kingdom of God means the rulership or the reign of God. So when we are praying, God, let your kingdom come, we're saying, God, I want you to rule in my life. I want you to rule on this earth just like you you rule in heaven. Let your will, your desires, your plans, let that be done on this earth. So here's the point. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. God, I want you to rule. I want you to reign in my life. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. Now, the Apostle Paul uh, talks about the kingdom of God in a different way. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you think about that, what is righteousness? Righteousness means that we are in right standing with God. We're in right standing with him. We've been judged or we've been reckoned as leading a life that is pleasing to God. Now, let's be honest. We can't do that on our own. But Jesus has come. And he's come to erase our mistakes, to erase our blunders, to to forgive us our sins. And so when we stand before God, God doesn't look at our mistakes. God sees the blood of Jesus, and he says, and he deems that we are righteous. So we become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we declare the kingdom of God. We are saying, God, let your righteousness and let your peace and let your joy flow through us. Let it flow through us. Let us uh, carry out your righteousness. And we pray that it would happen in our world. Why is this prayer important? This prayer is important because there is another kingdom that is wreaking havoc on this earth, it's the kingdom of darkness. Now, the kingdom of darkness is governed by Satan, and it's characterized by death and disease and godlessness and war and poverty and evil and suffering. It's It's often interesting to me how people have a tendency to blame God for what the devil is doing or has done. They'll say, well, God made you sick. The reason you're sick is not because God made you sick. God doesn't make people sick. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give us life and so that we can have it more abundantly. Then you say, wait a minute. Why am I dealing with this virus? Why am I dealing with this sickness? Why have I got this headache, this heart valve problem, this cancer This comes as a result of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. When sin entered the world, it opened the door for sickness and suffering. It opened the door for germs and achy joints and and back pain and bad heart valves and cancer and so forth. The earth was perfect at one time. But when Adam and Eve sinned, it opened the door for our perfect world to fade away. Satan cursed the world. And you've got to understand that. Satan brought a curse, and we are living on this earth that is soon to pass away, and it has been cursed by evil, suffering, sickness, and disease. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to reverse the curse. We see this in 1 John chapter 3 in verse 7 and 8. When it says, "Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray, the one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because notice this, the devil has been sinning from the very beginning. And the reason the Son of God appeared was what? To destroy the devil's work. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And one day, all of the works of the devil will be made right. In the meantime, we had this battle. We had this battle between good and evil. We feel it. We feel this tension. We feel this stress. We feel this hatred. We feel all of this, this tension going on because there is a battle going. There's a war going on. And that's why prayer is so important. There is a war going on between good and evil. And we're asking God to come and right the wrongs. We're asking and we're seeking and we're knocking on the door saying, God, come. Let your kingdom come. Let righteousness, peace, and joy come, O Lord. Let your will be done. Jesus challenged Peter to have kingdom eyes. We see this in Matthew chapter 16. He said, and I'll tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, those two words, that expression bind and loose were common terms in Jewish law. To bind means to declare forbidden. To loose means to declare allowed. So, Jesus told Peter to continue his work on the earth, and in doing so, he would have the same authority as Jesus Christ possessed. So let's fast forward all these years. So today, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless this food. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ because it's not just a good way to end a prayer. We are declaring that this prayer can be uh, accomplished because we have the authority. We are speaking not in our own ability. We're speaking in His ability. We're speaking in His name. By His name, things will change. By His name, situations will be made better. So we have that authority To bind the forces of evil, we declare them to be forbidden and to loose, to release righteousness, peace, and joy. So your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we pray, your kingdom come, this is a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of submission. You're saying, God, I surrender to you. I submit to you. Now, here's the point. Submission is an invitation for someone to lead. Submission is an invitation for someone to lead. You're saying, I am surrendering. I am submitting. I want you to lead in this situation. Oftentimes, we see in a marriage relationship, there's mutual submission. There are uh, certain things that the husband will lead on. I'm uh, releasing you to lead in this situation. There's other things that I looked at Patty, I said, I'm I'm allowing you to lead in this situation. I'm su- asking you to lead. So submission is an invitation for somebody to lead. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. I surrender to you. Let your will be done. We are saying we're inviting God to be in charge of our lives, to lead us as we move forward. Now I want. This scripture to be very practical to you, to you so I'm gonna get it close to where you and I live. One of the biggest ways Satan hinders you, I believe, is through stress and tension. Stress is how we react when we feel under pressure, when we feel threatened. When we feel like that we can't manage the situation, we feel like we're, the situation's getting out of our control, and as a result, of we, we feel a lot of stress. And some of you know firsthand what that feels like, that you feel this stress, you feel this, this tension as an individual, Maybe you have this a lot of responsibilities, and, and you're responsible for this, and you're responsible for that, and and you feel it building on the inside, and there comes a point when that stress and tension builds up that you feel like that you're out of control, and that just uh, creates a lot of difficulty for you, and if, if it's not managed well, it will uh, lead to other issues. You think about it in a part of a group. For, for instance, if... Stress can happen uh, to a group of people. Maybe it's your family, and, and your family's going through something, and, and you just feel the stress as a family. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's uh, the grief because of a lost loved one, or, or what, you know, you just feel that. Or how about this? Some of you have been uh, going to work, and let's say you walk into a, a conference room at work, and it is like nobody's saying anything, but you just feel something man, you feel the tension, you feel the stress in the room. You know, they would say, yeah, it was so thick that you could cut it with a knife. Nobody has to say anything. You just feel it. That's how that works. And I I think that's how Satan works when he allows this pressure to be put on us and it feels overwhelming in the process. And causes us to go down to a path of fear and intimidation. And it causes us to retreat and not be the people we're called to be. And sometimes we feel this pressure and stress and it feels like it won't go away. And we think, "Will will this season ever end? Are we going to be dealing with this? for years down the road? Have you, I, I, sometimes I, I'm, I feel locked in this season of tension and stress and just longing for it to change. I think this is when you need to pray and I need to pray the prayer of surrender. Because you see, I believe that you can find peace when you surrender your life to a power that is greater than yourself. You can find peace When you come to the place where you surrender, you surrender your life to a power that is greater than yourself, I believe that every one of us can find peace and reduce stress by surrendering to God in four areas of our life. Here's the first one. Surrendering to Jesus means letting go of control. To spiritually surrender means that I'm going to let go of control and I'm going to say, God, I trust you. I trust you. Every day you have to decide who's going to control your life. You are God. Every day you get to decide. Every day, though, it's a battle. Every day there are things in your life that you don't want to give up control over. You want to control that situation. But if you want peace, you've got to surrender. And you've got to give up control and say, God, let your will be done. I believe that the strongest position that you can be in is in a position of complete surrender. The Bible says in in, uh, Psalm chapter 46 and verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. That word be still in the Hebrew literally means to let go, to calm down, to relax, to lighten up. This implies that if we're not still, if we're upset, if we're worried, if we're frustrated, we're going to not we're not going to know that he is God. When I look at my life and I look at the times where I'm most frustrated, oftentimes it's when I am trying to change those things that only God can change. I'm trying to be God. I'm trying to fix things that I can't control. And in those moments, you've got to turn it over to God, but you do what you can do, but let him take care of the rest. And you hear me say it frequently here. I want you to do what you can. I want you to do the possible and allow God to do the impossible. But there comes this point when you have to back up and and you have to just let go and know. Let go and know that he is God and that he is in control and that he is going to direct your steps. I said there's four things that you can do to reduce your stress in your life. The first one is to let go of control. The second one is to learn or learning to be content. Many of you have heard the serenity prayer goes like this, God grant me the serenity to accept those things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. If you're going to be content, if I'm going to be content, I need to accept things that I can't change. If you can change it, go ahead and do it. But there are seasons in your life and there are situations that you, just, you have no power over that situation. And you just got to accept it. They've got a mind of their own. They're going to do what they want to do. And so you can coach. You can do a lot of different things. But there are certain things that you cannot change. And that is challenging to all of us. But here's what I say that we start to learn to be content, that we start to focus and see what we can find. Is there something good that we can find in this situation? Is there something uh, uh, positive that we can lift up here? Paul said it this way. He said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, but I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I'm not quite there yet, okay? I'm still learning, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or living in want. Next verse. I can, I can, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And as I look at you today, I want to just remind you, you can. Yes, you can. You can do all of this through him, through Christ, who gives you the strength. So we learn to be content. One of the reasons people struggle with contentment is because they're always looking for an explanation of why something happened in their life. They struggle with being content because they're always saying, why? Why did God do this? Why did this happen? You know, God doesn't tell us why most things happen. He wants you and me to trust him. And here's the point that I've learned through the years. When you're going through pain, when you're going through pain, when you're suffering, you really don't need God's explanation, but you need God's presence. You don't need God to explain anything. You just need, oh, God, would you touch me? God, would you come and help me? God, would you allow your spirit to cover me? That's what you need. Here's the third thing. Surrendering to Jesus means laying down my plans. It's letting go of our plans and letting God have his way in every aspect of our lives. Now, this can be hard. Because most of us, we have a dream, we have a vision, we have a plan, and we want to work that plan. But God is saying to us, surrender your plans to me. Listen to the words of Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me. And you will pray to me, and I will listen. And you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. Oftentimes, God allows problems and difficulties to develop in your life in order to redirect you. Problems are like Planes, they'll eventually land, and oftentimes they land right in your life. You've heard me say before that you're either going through a problem or you've just come out of a problem or you're about to go through a problem. That's just life. That is the world in which we live. And so many times the problems that I have in my life are because the bad choices or decisions I made along the way. And we have to understand that, you know, some of the problems that, that you face are not necessarily your fault. Or somebody else's fault. it just happened because we live on this planet Earth. A planet that has been cursed. But this Earth is passing away. And one day there will be a new heaven and a new Earth. I said there's four things. Surrendering to Jesus finally means leaving your future to God. Leaving your future. If you want to get through the stress and the tension i got to give it over to the Lord, your future. Say, God, I am trusting you. I'm trusting you. That's what the proverb says, that trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I love the NIV here. In all your ways, submit to him. Submit to him. Submission is an invitation for someone to lead. Submit. Say, God, I am submitting to you, and he will make your paths straight. What does that mean? I acknowledge that, God, I'm giving my life to you. I'm trusting you. I'm praying this over my family. I'm praying it over myself. I'm praying over my life. I'm submitting my life to you cover my my job and my career, cover my studies. God, move in our lives. So let me ask you a question. What area of your life is not submitted to the Lord? Think about that. Is there an area of your life that you've just been so adamant that I am in control of this, what area? Is it personal convictions? Is it your job? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it your schooling? What area have you not said, God, I submit this to you. I'm giving this over to you. I surrender to you. So you see, surrender is like holding up a white flag and saying, God, the war's off. I'm not going to fight you anymore over this because some of you know what it means to fight the Lord because he has been prompting you. He's been trying to direct you. And you wonder why doors have been closed and you wonder why God has placed you over in the waiting room. Because he's waiting for you to come to the place where you acknowledge that you need him. What area of your life is not surrendered to him? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Over the next few minutes, we're going to pray over you. And I want you to come to the place where God, I'm giving you this. And I don't know what the struggle is. I don't know what the difficulty is. But I do know this that today, God is prompting you to surrender. I told you that I woke up on Monday with just one word surrender. On Thursday, it happened again with a different word. I just woke up, the first thing I thought was hurts. And I was, as I was praying for you today, I was wondering how many people uh, in this room, and maybe watching online, how many of you are carrying hurts around? You know that that disappointment, that pain, that that broken relationship, that that strained uh, work environment, where you've been let go, or that event that you had to go through, that bankruptcy, that problem with a parent, that that passing of a loved one, that hurt, that pain. Some of it's your fault, but some of it's not. Some of it, you're just a victim of what has happened. Some of it's because you live in a broken world, but for whatever reason, you're carrying around this pain and it's deep inside of you. And this pain is so strong that it starts to influence or control how you live your life. And you've tried other things to try to make the pain go away or make the pain feel better. But oftentimes, those things or those relationships, instead of making things better, they've made made them actually worse. So what kind of hurts do you have? Is there any anger that you have deep inside of you? You know, somebody years ago said something and you've held on to that word of offense so much that you have stuck it deep in your heart. But here's the problem with that. If you're not careful, that anger, you know, the Bible says that you need to deal with anger quickly. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Because the Bible knows that that natural emotion of anger, which is a real emotion, we all have anger. Jesus got angry and overturned the tables in the temple one day. But he said, if you allow anger to stay and you don't deal with it, that anger turns inward. And when that anger turns inward, it becomes bitterness. And the Bible says that don't allow a root of bitterness to to take root in your life because it will spring up and it will defile many people. And so that pain that you have, that anger that you have, today is the day for you to just acknowledge it and to release it. Acknowledge it and release it. Here's here's what I've had to do before. I will come to a church service like this, and I will acknowledge it. I will give it over to the Lord, and then tomorrow morning I have to do the same thing. Then Tuesday morning I have to do the same thing because it is a process of getting through that. It is a process of releasing that. It is a process of being sanctified every day, coming closer to the Lord and allow His holiness to flow through us. So back to the word of Thursday, hurts. Today, I challenge you to surrender your hurts and your pain to the Lord. Let's stand for a moment of prayer, and I'm going to pray over you. Today we're believing that God's kingdom is going to come and God's will is going to be uh, be done. So as we pray, here's what I want you to be involved in this. I want you to put your hands out like this. This is just body language. And in this body language, you're saying to the Lord, I surrender to you. I know this makes some of you feel uncomfortable because you're not used to doing body language in church, but try it. Just say, God, I surrender to you. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. We stand here in this auditorium with our hands extended unto you. With our body language, we're saying we surrender. We're not going to fight you anymore. But we're going to invite you to lead in our lives. God, take the leadership. Jesus, I pray over this congregation. To those of you that are running, to those of you that are trying to hold on to control and you're losing the battle, to those of you that are carrying deep-seated anger and deep-seated pain, I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of the Lord would heal you from the inside out. I push back the darkness. To those of you that have been plagued, um, you've been plagued by the attacks of the enemy and you're covered in fear, and you're covered in anxiety, and you're covered in worry, I say, in the name of Jesus, Satan has no authority over you. And today, we receive the power of the Lord in our lives. Say that. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. I receive your peace. Today, God, I am surrendering my life to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.